So my name is Emil Perlinski. I write two newsletters. I write a monthly one called Fly to Sci, which tracks all the science fiction stuff that's coming to life. And a weekly one called Big Tech News, which recaps what Big Tech got up to in the past week. That's what this is about, this space. And we're recording today because this space will also be available in perpetuity on Spacecast, which is a new podcast that um, Brian McCullough uh, from Tech, the Tech Me Ride Home podcast put together. And it's all the people that are hosting spaces and publishing them as podcast episodes so we can listen to them after. Um, and today. So cool. Yes. And that voice you're hearing today is John. Um, John, why don't you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> My name is John Kutzier, and Emil and I used to work together at a little place called VentureBeat, uh, which we have both since left, but remember fondly. Um, I consult, I still write at Forbes because I can't not write. How can you not write? It's impossible to not write. You must communicate, of course, because we're so egotistical as writers that we feel like we have things to tell the world, whether it wants to hear them or not. So I still do that and run a few podcasts, including Tech First with John Kutsier, which is my uh, secret and maybe not so secret passion. But I'm looking forward to chatting with Emil. It's been a while since we've really connected and uh, he's doing cool stuff now and uh, chatting about the news of the week that was in tech. Awesome. Okay, so a bunch happened this week, even though it was a short week, uh, in the U.S. anyway. Uh, <laughs> I did want to talk talk a little bit of Windows 11, although you already said in the preamble that you're not that exciting about it. Um, I think it's interesting because the, Microsoft has said for a long time that Windows 10 is you know, the last version, and they're just going to update it indefinitely. But we know that whenever a tech executive says something like that, it's not really true. Uh, yes. <laughs> so although yes. they have been updating it, um, you know, frequently, it's had two free major updates uh, a year now. Windows 11 is probably going to be announced later this month. It's not, you know, confirmed, but June 24th is a Windows event day. Um, and a lot of signs are pointing to a Windows 11 being announced, including uh, infamous leaker Evan Blass um, has met, said that he has seen something with a Windows 11 branding. So it's coming. Um, we don't know exactly what it is. It is most likely um, the uh, basically the update that we were seeing, late, we were expecting later this year, which will have a redesign and Microsoft Store improvements and all that um, with just a new branding. But we have no idea how it'll work in terms of will people just be pushed over to Windows 11 if they already have Windows 10? I suspect that's what they'll do, but how exactly that'll play out and how Microsoft will balance all its corporate clients and everyone that wants support forever um, remains to be seen. Um, but this this is just not okay, Emil. I mean, we can't have this. We can't have Windows 11. We've had a place in the world where the two major desktop operating systems were both at 10. I mean, <laughs> we're both at 10, you know, Mac OS X or 10, right? And Windows 10. I mean, that was perfect. 10, complete, you know. Uh, we can't have 11. It's impossible. Oh, no. That that, that means they're going to dial it up to 11, right? They're going to say that. During the <laughs> <laughs> Inevitably, they're, they're not going to be able to hold themselves back. Oh, man. Yep. So, yeah. So, um, that's, that's I'd say, the biggest thing for Microsoft this week. Um, a little, a few small things. Otherwise, um, the news just broke right before the space went live that um, Bing was censoring searches for Tank Man. That's on the 32nd anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre, uh, and they weren't just censoring it in China. They're censoring it, you know, in the U.S. and other countries. Um, they're blaming it on some user human error, blah blah blah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just tweeted that was that was acceptable, and they they really need to figure that out and what caused that and make sure that never happens again. Even though these things, John, you know this well, these things just keep happening, and it's kind of ridiculous. I have argued, as you know, I'm writing a book, Insights from the Future. I have argued in that and elsewhere that algorithms should be open source. Algorithms for how Twitter shows which tweets. Algorithms for how Facebook amplifies certain things. Algorithms for how Google search works, how Bing works. I realize that these things are insanely complex and maybe... Some of them are completely incomprehensible to the human brain and inexplicable, but things like that aren't. 
Things like that are not. Those things are obvious. Those are some person has said, let's do that and put that rule in place. And I think we need to have that public. You know, I, I don't I, I don't say that tech companies can't do some things like that because there's some information that is super dangerous. And you can imagine some things that there are some scenarios like you're shouting fire in a crowded theater. But we as a society should be able to vote on that because you know what? We can only talk about what we can know. We can only imagine what we've seen and maybe a little beyond there. And if we bound our experience of the world by filters that we don't even see, hugely dangerous. Yeah. I mean, so listen, you know, companies are made up of humans and humans make mistakes. That's fine. But this is, you know, this is a big tech company. They, even if someone screwed that up and, you know, let's say applied whatever filter or rules they have for China to other countries, they should have systems in place that, you know, flag that, right? Like, it, it, yep. It's it's obvious yep. if the if if their you know your search results are getting are hitting some sort of error and those errors spike after you roll out a change, right? because <laughs> like because the error even if it's a generic error that says you know no results found you're still going to see a spike right so they have they can easily set up I mean I I'm kind of you know I'm I'm just struggling here they either have the systems in place and they ignored them or didn't pay attention to them or those systems failed after the human screwed up. Or yep. they don't have the systems, which is just mind-boggling. Like, of course they do. So it's yes. just a huge, huge screw-up, um, which, you know, will be glazed over and will be forgotten by in, in the next 24 hours. But I, I just wanted to highlight it because it's just... That is still happening. I just went to Bing. And for text, you do come back with Tankman, Wikipedia, and stuff like that. But when you click on images you see a lot of tanks <laughs> yeah. and no tank man. Yeah. So it's, and, and there have been different results, right? Some people are getting uh, like, I'm getting, there are no results for tank man, just period and images right now as we're talking. Wow. So that's, you know, like, <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm sure people are getting different results, but nonetheless, um, they have to have flags for this when, when something like this screws up, right? There, there has to be a clear change. Um, anyway, I don't know what else to say other than it's, it's horrible. <laughs> um, yes. So yes. that's Microsoft. I mean, there was a little bit of, there was a mic, there was an acquisition they did for a small company. Um, you know, teams is getting improvements as it is every week and every month. Um, for Google, speaking of big tech doing crazy things. Um, I don't know if you saw this story about the, uh, their diversity strategy lead. Um, yes. Yeah. That that's another one. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, unbelievable, yeah. right? So they uh, they hired a, a, a guy named Kamal Bob. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and he apologized. I'm pretty sure you got the last name right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Mr. Bob uh, apologized for a 2007 post, which he titled "If I Were a Jew," and in it said, amongst other things, uh, that Jews have an insatiable appetite for war and killing. The exact quote is, if I were a Jew, I would be concerned about my insatiable appetite for war and killing in defense of myself. And so, yeah, it's um, it's a questionable quote, to say the least, especially from a diversity chief. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? Like, I'm sure there are many people at Google, Google's a massive company, that have various controversial points of view, including those that have written about it. You know, they, you can probably find something on someone else, some other engineer that's done something, but this is their strategy, their diversity strategy lead. And that's the person. And this post was in 2007. And did they really not do any due diligence? And here's the crazy thing is that the, the way this resurfaced is because an Israeli writer did a Google search, like they searched around and they found this. So <laughs> did no one at Google look for like, look this guy up before, you know, putting him into this position. Like, they don't eat their own dog food. I mean, nobody at Google uses Google. I mean, didn't you know? That? <laughs> but, but I mean, that's one option or they did, you know, they did look him up and didn't find anything like, or, or they, yes. they found it and then they concluded, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Either way, after this whole blow up, they, they didn't fire him. They just removed him from that post and put him somewhere else in STEM, which, you know, you can make the case on whether that's what they should have done or not. Uh, I don't, yes. yeah. That aftermath is one thing. I, I'm, I'm just, Again, for me, it's more like, how did we even get here? <laughs> like, just like with the this Microsoft is, thing, yeah. right? Like, how did we even get here? What are you guys doing? How do you not have fail-saves for this stuff? 
Absolutely. And of course, we had the Apple thing just a few weeks ago, right, where exactly. they hired the guy who had, you know, wrote some very questionable things in a semi-fictional book about Silicon Valley, right? Like, you know, if the I think something like if the zombie apocalypse comes, you know, Silicon Valley women are the ones that you would trade for a box of shells or something like that, right? Um, yeah, yeah um, very interesting. And same thing with there, right? Like, and in, in fact, he claims that Apple knew of his writing um, and, you know, hired him. It'd be hard not to. He's very open about it. He's very open about it. And his argument is that it's a work of fiction and he's just, you know, out there. And he actually makes probably a pretty good point. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, he says, hey, you you have uh, Dr. Dre <laughs> right, for your Beats headphones. Read some of his lyrics. <laughs> so... You know, uh, yeah, a little challenging, but of course that is a billionaire with billions of dollars in Apple stock as well. So a bit of a different um, standard perhaps. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'd line those two things up together, uh, but either way, probably not either way, you know, like, okay. So, so comparing the Microsoft and Apple, they, they're two different situations, right? One, one person worked at Google already and, and, you know, got, got a, got a diversity, title or lead yes. role, uh, yes. whereas Apple did not, you know, you can make the case that Apple did not have to hire this person at all. Like they could have just avoided the True. whole thing. Um, True. But yeah. And, and, and obviously the result is Apple just decided to terminate the relationship. Whereas uh, Google, you know, moved them around within the company probably because he's been there. a while. I thought the Apple hire was controversial even without what he had written. Oh yeah. Um, because yes. <laughs> his whole thing, his whole uh, history is I turn eyeballs into dollars. I mean, he literally has that phrase somewhere on his bio or LinkedIn or something like that. And I was going like, hmm, we know Apple has a, an, an ad network, right? Apple search ads. Uh, but are they really that um, out there with it? <laughs> so it, it, I think it's very um, telling that Apple wanted to hire him regardless of his, his writing, because it very much shows that they're doubling down on ads, despite what they claim around privacy. And you've actually done a lot of writing on this. And this does bring us to another thing that happened this week. Google um, basically told Android developers that they're going to cut off access to um, app tracking, similar to what Apple's doing. And I know you've done a lot of yeah. coverage on that. So I'm curious what you think about it. Um, namely that Google's basically following suit. Um, with Apple, although they claim they've been working on this for a while. Um, and I don't doubt that, um, but they're clearly pulling the trigger now because, you know, they, they want to, they, they want to keep up with the, with Apple essentially. Well, this is a really odd situation, honestly, because the, the identifier in question is the GAID, the Google ads identifier. And there's long been a setting in Android since like 2012 to not allow ads personalization, to turn off ads personalization, in which case developers have been still getting the GAID and on their honor, supposedly not able to use it for ads personalization, for targeting, for tracking, for other things like that. So that is a really interesting thing because the setting's been there for forever. Apple's had that for forever as well. That's called limit ad, tra ad, limit ad tracking on the iOS side. And limit ad tracking was put in place just before this ads personalization setting. And that turned off the ability for developers, marketers, advertisers to get that identifier. But turning off ads personalization on Android did not stop developers, marketers, advertisers from getting the identifier until... 2021 late in the year when that will finally cease so it's kind of been like a, well you have it don't use it kind of honor system um it's a little bit funny yeah the difference of course is that you know apple's kind of just just happening on apple right it's already out it's available no no this this change is similar to limit ad tracking oh, okay uh, the new change the new change that apple's made in ios 14.5 is essentially Asking every single time you install an app if the developer wants access to the IDFA, uh, Identifier for Advertisers, would you grant this for tracking purposes? Uh, so that this is, a, this is um, where it was times 5 or times 10, and Google is essentially going to where Apple was in 2012, 2013. Oh, okay, so they're, they're, they're really behind. And they're not even rolling it out right away, right? They said that they're going to push it out later this year for just Android 12 devices and then 
the rest, everyone with every device with a Play Store early next year, but yeah, still very much back over, which makes sense, right? They yeah. their their money ninety whatever percent it is is <laughs> is ad, so they can't rock the boat too much. But they they definitely want to you know beat the privacy drum because they don't want to be left behind there, or at least from an optics perspective. You're bang on. Google is an ad network that happens to have a search engine and email and productivity suite and a variety of other things, including self-driving cars. Right, right. And so I think, so my, my theory is that the, the reason they announced this this week, even though they've been working on it for a while, is because of the court case uh, or the court documents that came out over the over the past weekend. Um, Apple Epic? No, no, I'm talking about Google's, uh, there's a Google case um, where some documents revealed they had tested various versions of Android um, that made privacy settings easier to find. Um, and users took advantage of those settings and Google, you know, concluded, Oh, that's, that's not good. So they actually, <laughs> they, they made efforts to bury those settings and even pressured uh, partners like LG to do the same. Um, so I think that news kind of made them, you know, okay, let's push this out so that people start talking about these changes we're making as opposed to, the practices we've been, you know, putting <laughs> the things we've been doing behind the curtain for, for all these years. Yes, 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 absolutely. Well, it's funny because I'm trying to find uh, this setting on my Android phone right here and I'm having challenges. Well, that's, so. <laughs> that's exactly why, right? Like if, if given the option, you know, not everyone, but many users will, uh, you know, choose the privacy route. Um, but that. Oh, and do you know what? And do you know what? I just found it. So if you go to settings on your Android phone and you hit privacy, then there's like four options and there's a drop down, which is kind of hidden. There's plenty of room on the screen for it. But if you tap it to get the drop down, that's where you get (laughs) location history and ads ID and personalization, which you have to click on again in order to opt out of ads personalization. So yes. And you have to turn that on to opt out. You don't turn it on to opt in. Of course. Yeah. That's, yes. that's, that's the playbook, right? And we know that, right? Defaults matter. Defaults, you know, literally move markets. Um, yep. What did you think just changing gears really quickly again? What did you think of F8 this week? Cause I, I felt it was quite muted, but I'm curious your thoughts. F8 was so muted, I didn't even notice it was going on. <laughs> I heard last week it was happening. And honestly, I have gone to exactly zero virtual conferences in 2020 wow. and 2021. Wow. Zero. Because the reality is, look, I go to a conference to meet people and maybe hear a few interesting things and go back, you know, backstage in the hallways and everything like that. But you know what? The best thing about a conference is you're there and you're kind of forced to participate. When you're not, guess what? I've got work to do. I've got Twitter beeping. I've got YouTube. I've got many things that I can turn my attention to in a digital sphere. I just cannot go to a multi-day virtual conference. That's fair. That's fair. So what, what conference are you expecting to go to next, like in person? I have zero expectations that I've gotten so busy with client work. There's no way if I take time off, it'll cost me money. Really? <laughs> we'll see. So, but okay. So in an ideal world, let's say it didn't cost you money. Which one are you most looking forward to later this year, next year? I, I think it's 2022 at this really? point. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got my first shot. I don't know what you, about you, yeah, but I got same. my first shot. I've got Moderna. I'm waiting for the second one that should be in, I don't know, four weeks or something like that. But, um, you know, I just, it's going to take some time to change. I think uh, habits are, are, are what they are right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually really curious how, how certain, you know, certain parts and certain people are going to push to get things open ASAP and others are going to do everything to drag their feet. And it'll depend on the industry, of course, and, you know, what yeah. your job function is. But yeah. uh, I think it's going to be still all over the place because you can't just, you know, flip that switch back. <laughs> no, you can't. But it, they're going to come back because guess what? People want to go to Vegas for the conference in Vegas. And, you know, we'll go to the conference because it's work, but we really want to go to Vegas. Or, you know, we want to go to Monaco because the conference is there. 
Barcelona because Mobile World Congress is there, right? I mean, like, who doesn't want to go to Barcelona? Everybody wants to go to Barcelona. Right. And, you know, Mobile World Congress is a great excuse. Yeah, I mean, I think location is going to matter even more, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. After people get over the initial, like, oh, my God, I get to go to a conference again, I think they're going to be very selective. Okay, wait, but how long is the flight? How much of this is going (laughs) to, how much is this going to cost me in time and money? Uh, Because, yeah, they're realizing they they don't always have to go. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Yeah, exactly. exactly. All right, let's see what else we have uh, under the Facebook banner. Oh, right. So also today, um, the other you know major news, if you will, um, Facebook changed its stance or announced that it's going to change its stance on um, politicians' posts. They, they claim they will, yeah. politicians will no longer be exempt from the various rules that Facebook has preventing harmful speech. We'll, we'll see how much of that sticks. Um, but that, that's what they announced. And they specifically said that for uh, former U S president, Donald Trump, uh, you know, the oversight board a few weeks ago told them they have to make a decision. Oversight board is not going to make a decision for them. And so Facebook yeah. decided that they, uh, they're going to keep him banned for two years which means uh, it expires. The suspension expires on January 7th, 2023, um, at which point Facebook isn't necessarily unbanning him. They're going to reevaluate whether to reinstate him. And of course they could <laughs> ban him again. If he, you know, and now like immediately gets access again and immediately tweets out that you know, the election was rigged and I'm running again, because that's probably what he would do. Um, <laughs> so we'll yeah. see, uh, I guess um, the, the shit show continues is just a little bit more delayed. What we've learned a lot, what we've learned a lot about Facebook over the past year is that they make a lot of decisions to not make decisions. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, literally, you just pushed your decision off two years. I mean, like, you know, come on, make a call. But it is interesting. I don't know if you saw today, you know, Twitter's in a similar situation in a lot of cases with, with public figures. And Twitter got banned in Nigeria. Now, I have no idea if Nigeria has the capability to turn off Twitter um, in it, within its borders, if it has the Great Wall of Nigeria, like, you know, China has the Great Digital Wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, blocking stuff but um twitter deleted some of the nigerian president's tweets which were threatening they deemed against a subgroup in nigeria there was some threat of civil unrest and there's been echoes of previous uh civil wars and stuff like that and in response um he banned twitter and so if that happens how long and let's say that happens in a major market now nigeria is a big country right it's like 150 million people and it's quite oil rich as well so it's a significant market in africa if that happens in some of the even bigger countries you know to a facebook or something like that how long will that policy last yeah nigeria i believe is also um i believe they speak english there which makes it a very valuable uh, country for social networks right just a lot a lot of things are uh, are just easier uh, essentially yeah. i believe it's an official language um oh wow i did not know that yeah so it's one of the you know one of many well well Actually, so the population is even bigger. I'm just looking it up now. The estimate for this year is 211 million. So, yeah, it's massive. I, yeah. So I think yeah. wow. that's, uh, you know, 200 million people. I don't know how many of them are connected, but let's say 80%, 90% are connected to the Internet. Um, that's a huge yes. English market um, that, you know, all the social networks, not just Twitter, are very, very much interested in because it's, you know, lower hanging fruit than, than all, the, yeah. all the content that is not translated from English. Um, 
Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, we like I literally talk about this every week with whoever wants to talk about it about you know, the splinter net um, and how we're just barreling towards that. Um, and, and not just me, of course, everyone is talking about it. It's it's it's, you know, it, we're, we're. We're only getting closer and closer to it and more and more yes. countries are are walling off certain things. Right. It's almost like everyone forgot India banned TikTok. Yes. That, that, that wasn't temporary. They just did it, right? And look at all those Indian startups that and TikTok clones that exist and are thriving. Um, and there's no, you know, there's no reason why that can't continue, right? If India, um, speaking of English-speaking countries, um, the, the, the largest market um, in that regard can do it, right? You know, so can, so can many other countries. Uh, yeah, yeah. That is a really interesting case in India because you have a largely Android, like 95% Android uh, smartphone-using population. In Android, you can sideload side apps, and I bet you there's a lot of APKs going around. I think they're banning at the App Store level. I don't think they're banning the traffic at sort of a uh, router level or something like that or internet backbone level so i wonder how much the ban really matters of course if you can't do business in a country so you can't make money because you can't sell ads or whatever then you know does it really matter i'm not totally sure the other thing that's interesting as the splinter net gets worse and worse we're getting these sort of Overnets, um, if you want to call them that way, like networks that are massive networks that are built on top of the internet that are owned by private companies. So you've got Apple's Find Me, Find My network, mm-hmm. right? That's over a billion devices, uses obviously a variety of technologies, including Bluetooth uh, and Wi-Fi to locate devices all over the world. And Amazon just turned on Sidewalk, right, to use uh, your bandwidth, by the way, if you have an Amazon device for your neighbor, which is a great idea if it didn't have lots of privacy implications potentially, because of course everything that is smart home and IOT is super secure, right? Yeah. So June 8th, for those listening, that's Tuesday. If you have any Amazon devices, that is an echo device, a ring device, um, a few others, I believe, but yeah, any, basically anything with Alexa, um, your, uh, this is for the U S but I'm sure they'll expand it elsewhere. Um, your devices will start, basically using parts of your bandwidth uh, to help other uh, Amazon enabled devices. Uh, so keep that in mind. If that's something you're cool with, by all means, that's, that's, that's okay. Um, if you're not, if you're not cool with it, uh, you might want to turn that off. You can just open the Alexa app and, and turn it off in settings. But, you know, as we mentioned in, with defaults earlier, that's another thing, right? <laughs> the Amazon knows very well that if they, give everyone a prompt, hey, would you like to turn this on? No one's going to do it. Or cer- certainly not enough people to make a, a mesh network successful. Um, yeah. But uh, if they just turn it on for everyone and then, you know, a few journalists write about it and a few people turn it off, <laughs> that works, right? Yes. Uh, yes. And they, so to be clear, they, they claim it's, you know, encrypted and you can't see anyone else on, on the network, uh, you know, who's using your devices or anything like that. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it can be a, it could lead to a privacy nightmare nightmare. They, uh, have not tested it at this scale, right? Because the only way to do so is to get a ton of people to opt in. Um, so we'll yep. see, it, it, you know, it's Amazon. It'll probably go okay, but it, it could, it could turn into a serious, serious issue. Um, and if yep. you want to, if you want to play with that, play with that, um, go for it. But I, I would recommend, especially if you consider that, you know, echo devices are, are sensitive devices. They're devices with cameras and, and microphones, right? Smart speakers and, and ring doorbells and all that. So, yeah, <laughs> keep that in mind um, for all those listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to hit WWDC. Okay, let's, we let's do it. To. Let's do it. Um, so awesome. that didn't happen this week, obviously. That's happening next week on Monday. <laughs> We're looking ahead. We're looking ahead. Um, I did want to talk about a few things. No, okay, let's, let's do talk WWDC. Okay, so what are you most... What are you expecting and what are you excited about even if you're not expecting it? I am expecting new Macs with M2 chips and I am super excited about those. Now, I 
I was interested in getting a MacBook Air back when it launched, what, nine, was it six months ago, something like that, with the M1 chip. Super interesting chip, by the way. Amazing chip. If you, if you told us, if somebody told us five years ago that Apple would be kicking Intel's butt in terms of desktop processors, everybody would, you know, laugh you out of the room. That's insanity, right? Um, but that chip is incredible. It, it bundles so much together. It's super powerful and super efficient in how it uses electricity. So the M2 should be coming out in the new Macs and in the MacBook Pros. And here's what's interesting. If you buy the um, if you buy the, the the Air, it's a pretty powerful machine. It's got two ports. Two. One for power, one for something else. Who knows what? Mm-hmm. I have a MacBook Pro right now and it has four ports, right? And they're both they're all USB C. And and that's barely enough. I I have a hub on there as well. If you're a pro, you got multiple things to connect, right? You just do. And so I hear that there's more ports, and that's cool, and that's exciting. The new iMacs look amazing. I hopefully the new Macs have something like that. They are also probably releasing new AirPods uh, and AirPods Pro, which which I think is cool. I'm hoping that means we'll see a lower price on the AirPods Max, which I really like. No. I absolutely hate the price on those. Come on, we're talking about Apple. Why would they? Why would they do that? Well, <laughs> they have no reason. They have no reason to. I don't. They'll, they'll keep selling just fine at the price. Yes, I'm and also sure, it's way I'm too sure. soon. What are, are they? What were they announced? Like six months ago, Max. So, so this is your this is your goal. Destroy all my hope. Is that? Is that? Well, I mean, <laughs> listen, I, I completely agree with you that you know they're gonna new they redesign MacBook Pros are most likely coming. Uh, I don't know if they'll call, they'll probably call it an M2, but even if they don't, regardless, it will be a superior to the m1 because it kind of has to be although who knows maybe they'll do all m1 this year and, and surprise us next year but no i suspect it'll be a more powerful chip um yeah, and it'll yeah. you know blow all the benchmarks out of the water as as m1 did um yeah um you know the product that they won't announce but they should that's it I've been I've been saying for uh, probably a couple of years now, but it's even more clear right now. Apple needs to release a smart ring. So, for instance, there's been a lot, uh, and that sounds insane. So everybody's going like, "What the heck are you talking about? This guy's a moron." <laughs> Apple has been releasing a lot of functionality lately uh, around sleep and tracking your sleep, measuring sleep, quality of sleep, all that stuff. And that's a huge industry. There's a ton of products there, including a very, very cool um, Google Home product, um, which uses sort of a LiDAR, basically, to, to know how restless your sleep is. But the best way to do it is on your body and tracking some information there, right? And guess what? Who wants to wear their freaking Apple Watch to bed? I mean, seriously, you have this hard object on your wrist. That's just insanity, right? You can even get like a wristband put over it to make it soft in case you like move your arm and whack your spouse or somebody on the on the head, which is a horrific thing. So, but a ring could do it very well. There's Aura, which is in the market, and there's another one that I've had, but that business was sold and went out of out of business, I believe. But that would be really, really interesting. You can wear that inobtrusively. And it can measure and monitor a lot of different things. I think that'd be a cool Apple product. I don't know. I don't know if they would go smaller than the Apple Watch. Um, yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question. But I think it could be a valuable citizen in the iFamily. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, there, I, not that I'm aware of. There haven't been any rumors on that. But you never know. I mean, I'm more interested in, in whether they will, at the very least, tease their AR VR headset, right? That's Robert Scoble is 100% <laughs> sure that they're going to do that. He is all in on that prediction. I'm, I, I, I'm sure we'll see. Some, there's so much groundwork to be laid for that. And there's so many graves of companies that pre-release. And by pre-release, I don't mean that they pre-release their product, but they release too early and they release something that isn't functional or isn't usable or doesn't have the infrastructure, doesn't have the apps, doesn't work well enough to be compelling. And Apple is going to be incredibly sensitive to those issues. It wants to release stuff at the right time when they can go to tens of millions or hundreds of millions of scale. And I don't know that now is that time for that kind of product. No, right. So I don't think they would announce, you know, the headset full on at the event, um, or at yep. least if they announce that they're not going to you know, make it available anytime soon. 
but it is their developer event. It does make sense. Like to your point, they need to lay the groundwork. Yes. And it, it, I mean, you know, they, 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 their invite has, um, has a reflection of, of, uh, of apps in a pair of glasses on this, uh, yes. this w- woman yes. with uh, red hair. So, you know, they, so, so what do you think? What do you think? They'll I, what do you think, they'll I think they about? will talk about it to some degree in order to get developers at the very least excited, but most likely working on it. Right. Some sort of, you know, at the very least, some sort of SDK for, you know, how to move your um, phone AR apps to headset VR or AR rather, you know, something along those lines. Um, they might mm-hmm. tease the device. They might show it off, you know, but not reveal a price or a date or anything. Um, yeah. Cause that would really build up hype. Um, Here's a question. It just, it just seems like it would be odd for them not to say anything whatsoever at the event. I a hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree with that. Here's a question. And, and you know, you always worry when you release or pre, you pre-announce, you always worry about Osborning yourself. Right. Um, and, and we've seen that in multiple companies. Maybe there's no risk of that here. Maybe there's no risk of that here because this isn't a device that replaces anything Apple does already. And it just adds to the experience. Right. So maybe there's no risk there. What are your thoughts? Oh, I don't think there's a risk of them talking about it. Um, they, they, there's a risk of them releasing the device too early before it's ready and, you know, flopping similar to Google Glass. Yeah. But again, I don't think they're going to release it, uh, you know, yeah. or make it available broadly this year i don't think it's ready for that but they could definitely you know give developers some version some prototype some early dev kit even a hardware dev kit right um yeah that that's not out of the question welding instructor alex declare knows firsthand how vr training platforms like forge fx can help meet the demand for skilled workers anywhere you go look there's going to be a shortage of welders VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I will say this. I don't know if you have an Oculus Quest or not. I own an Oculus Quest. I bought version one. I bought version two. I have it upstairs. I love it. I think it's amazing. I think it's incredible. I think it's the first headset that has made VR really quite accessible uh, to people and fairly easy to use. I will say this. It still sits in its box way the heck more than it should because VR is a physically active thing to do right and so i need to shove some furniture around in my living room to have enough space to play some games or do some do certain things that i want to do and also after a full day of talking to people like you i'm dead tired and i want to just like zone or something like that so vr is pretty active and so it stays in the box more than it should i mean have you dabbled your toes into vr ar only a little bit uh, i have actually thought of getting a quest Two. i don't i don't own either either i don't own a headset right now i have thought yeah. of getting a quest Two, but only from the perspective of exercise uh yes. you know because i've heard it's good for that and you can you know if you're immersed you basically exercise for longer um <laughs> dude that is a good very good point i've 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 had a couple different apps that i've used for exercise including one where you attach a cycle and there's a thing there's a little sensor you attach to the pedal so it knows how fast you're going and you cycle around and i've burned hundreds of calories without even thinking yeah. of it um that's a pretty cool way of doing it and beat saber i mean i've had it i use an apple watch pretty religiously and i track my calories expended per day and it's got to hit a certain number and i've i've made up my budget of calories burned by playing Beat Saber at night, you know, for 20, 30 minutes and burning 150 calories or something like that. Yeah. So, 
that's kind of the use case for VR right now. I mean, obviously there's, you know, porn and other games, but I feel like fitness is kind of the, the use case for VR. Uh, but for, to yeah. be clear for the, you know, for the Apple headset, it's not just going to be VR. It's going to be, it's going to be mainly AR with some VR parts, I believe. I mean, the rumors are, are all over the place for that, but uh, the long-term yes. Apple's clearly betting on AR, right? That's why they, they have phone AR and they're kind of hoping for that phone AR to VR transition. Yeah, I'm just interested. I'm watching the tra- live transcription on Twitter Spaces right here, and you said, you know, there's porn on VR. <laughs> it, it, star- it, it put four stars in there. Didn't actually put <laughs> at the word there. So um, it, it translated what I just said as corn. Um, so <laughs> it's trying. John is trying. <laughs> yes. First time it did asterisk. Second time it just threw in a different word. You can't blame it. It's doing the best it can, keeping this PG. I want open source algorithms. <laughs> I don't object to you applying them, but I want to know what they do. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we can talk, we can talk censorship. <laughs> um, there's, I feel like a censorship story every week. I mean, so that actually, I believe there was one this week. Um, we want to go all the way back to Facebook for a sec. Um, Instagram said that they would change their ang- algorithm to rank original and reposted content equally. Yes. Um, because yes. of the suppression of pro-Palestinian voices. Um, yes. Now, I have, I have no problem with supporting, you know, Palestinian voices, which are clearly being uh, silenced given what's happening in Israel. Uh, but the approach here kind of threw me off, right? This seems super counterintuitive. Like, if they're making original and reposted content equal, isn't that just going to cause a whole, like open a whole other set of can of worms for them in terms of disinformation, that, misinformation, fake news, you name it. <laughs> that is taking a very big hammer to a certain challenge. Yeah. yeah it's, it is an odd solution. Yeah. I, I was, I mean, but I, my reaction was just, Hey, fix the censorship problem, you know, figure out why <laughs> your algorithm is censoring um, this group of people. Don't just, <laughs> you know, make all the content the same. That's, that's going to, Anyway, we'll see. Maybe that was yeah. maybe that's a temporary thing, and they'll revert it. Uh, but again, that yeah. also doesn't address the problem, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Cool. Um, I've got to run pretty soon, uh, Emil. I don't know if you want to keep running or um, if you're going to end your call. Um, I think we, we we can end it here. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to go over this week? From this week, you know, I think. I think we hit everything. We think we hit everything. You know, we didn't, you know, here's one thing that we should really hit on a little bit and nothing much happened this week, but Apple versus Epic. Um, That is a big, big deal. The case basically went to judgment, um, I guess late last week. And we haven't yet heard what, and we don't know. I don't know when we're going to get a ruling on. They said, they said not before August. I think they're aiming for, I think the judge said she's aiming for August, but no promises. Seriously. Holy cow. I mean, <laughs> justice delayed is justice um, re- re- rejected or whatever that phrase is. Well, so that that's, you know, time. I was actually shocked that this case is going to, you know, did go as quickly as, as it did. Right. Because I feel like the news that Epic is suing came out and then soon after the case was actually going on, which usually it's, it's more drawn out. Now, to be fair, there's going to it's going to be appealed. Right. Regardless of what the ruling is, both sides are going to whichever side is worse off is going to appeal and it's going to get appealed again. And it's going to get appealed again. Um I think what's interesting is whether Apple will make changes while the lawsuit is still ongoing, right? Because they already did a little bit, but certainly not enough. Um, you probably know the exact details better than I do, right? They, they cut their 30% cut to 15 for certain developers under whatever, I don't know, remember how much yes. revenue was. Under a million. Yeah, so they did that. Uh, but it clearly, you know, <laughs> doesn't address the majority of the problems. Um, no, it doesn't. It is really interesting, right? Because you, you can see Apple's point. Hey, we made this and we made it available. If you choose to be on it, great. There you go. But when it becomes such a massive platform, I mean, imagine if you could only buy desktop software from Apple or from Microsoft, right? That is just not how the world has worked. So I think Apple's going to have to open it up to some degree. The reality is, look, they're very scared to do this, but the reality is, look, if you have a guaranteed safe way of doing things and it's the easy way and it's the obvious way, and guess what? It's the default way. 
95% of people are probably going to still keep doing that. And most of your revenue that you're getting already by being the gatekeeper to the app store, um, you're probably going to keep. But it's just a bad look to, you know, nail that down so tight that there's really, you know, no way for somebody to come and say, hey, here's a platform. I can innovate on top of it. And it's that kind of anti the history of computing. If you look at it, I totally understand the safety argument. I totally understand that it just works argument. I totally understand one company that you really trust holding your credit card data and not 15,000 different little app companies fly by night. You know, who knows where they are, who knows who their founders are. I totally get all that stuff, but they just can't keep it the way that it uh, has been for forever. Yeah. I mean, uh, many people have said that it's too late now to make changes. They have to just wait for the rulings. But but I disagree. They have plenty of time to win over developers. And actually, we'll be curious. I suspect they won't talk about this at WWDC, right, because it's controversial, so they'll stay away from it. Um, but, I mean, that would be a smart, savvy move on their part, right, if they announced, hey, you know, we heard you. Here's, I don't know what change they would want to start with, but they could they yeah. could certainly use WWDC. Here's one. Here's one. I mean, I just noticed that Rinky Sethi has joined. Hey, Rinky, how's it going? She's a CISO at Twitter. Well, Twitter just released a variety of things where you can do a subscription, right? Um, uh, Twitter Blue, right? That's in Canada. I'm in Canada. I can try Twitter Blue if I Have want. You? But also, also paid spaces and stuff like that is coming, right? So, but if you do that... Um, you know, there was a, I forget the exact breakdown, but let's say you got $3 and Apple got its cut and Twitter got its cut and then you got a cut, right? And it was just like, <laughs> it's really challenging because Apple got, got gets its cut. So there's not much left over for Twitter or for the actual person uh, who, is, who is releasing the product that somebody wants to buy. Um, so, yeah, there are some challenges there. So, so you, you're suggesting, so actually I have the, I, I uh, tweeted this out. If um, someone holds a, a, t- a ticketed space, which hasn't been released yet, I don't believe, but you can charge for spaces, and you charge $10 per ticket, Apple or Google get $3 out of that 10 Twitter gets $1.40, and the host is left with $5.60. So Apple and yeah. Google are getting more uh, because Twitter is taking its 20% cut after Apple and Google's 30% app store taxes. Which you got to argue is unfair to Twitter, right? I mean, um, and so there there needs to be better ways of dealing with these things. Um, and I'm sure we'll get there, but I'm sure it'll also be painful. So, do you think they'll actually announce something like that at WDC? They'll they'll say, "Hey, we're uh, we're changing the cut for I don't know some portion of the apps in some way." I don't expect that at WWDC. I yeah. hope it'd be nice to be proven wrong. Yeah, I, I think so. I think they won't touch it, but they. I think. I mean. Yeah, I'm on the fence. I feel like they won't do anything, but I think it would be smart for them to do something to throw developers a bone. You know, like, listen, we've heard your criticism because this is this is the most I've seen developers um, criticize Apple. Uh, they're they're not scared anymore, right? I think Marco yeah. Armand did a blistering take. I believe it was this week where he just yes, he yeah. Did. So that's you know, and that that type of thing would happen every once in a while, but now it's. It's consistent. It's common. It's very consistent. It's yeah. funny. I'm right at Marco.org. You know, June 3, he released it, and he says, Apple's leaders continue to deny developers of two obvious truths. One, that our apps provide substantial value to iOS beyond the purchase commissions collected by Apple. And two, that any portion of our customers come to our apps from our own marketing reputation rather than the App Store. And he says, for Apple to continue to deny these is dishonest, factually wrong, and extremely insulting. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a blistering attack. Yeah, that's that's not yeah, – you would not – like. In a typical, if anyone ever criticized Apple, this it used to be the case, right? If they criticized Apple, there would be a whole slew of blog posts defending them. And now it's like the opposite, right? And just consistently so. Um, yes, but Apple's not the underdog anymore. When you when you become the empire, then everybody's sure. Around. But I, w- I would argue even even when they were the empire, they were very much defended, right? They were very much like, no, no, this is this is you know we love this company, um, and it's almost yeah, like people- the people who were unhappy, just kept quiet because they were scared. And now thanks, frankly, thanks to Epic, they're no longer scared anymore um, of getting punished because they know that, you know, if they get punished, it'll just become part of the the news cycle. I guess. I guess. Yeah, news cycle. Yeah. 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 You're right. 
Okay. Um, I don't know if there's anyone in the audience that has questions. A few people requested, uh, but those requests disappear because that's how Twitter Spaces works. Um, I'm not seeing any any right now, um, so we can certainly end it here. Uh, let me think. What else? I mean, have a great weekend, everyone. Actually, John, is there anything you want to plug before we finish? No, everybody knows where they can find me, and um, I'm just super happy. This has been a lot of fun, Emil. Uh, it's been a long time since we've chatted. You're a super smart person, and you've got a really interesting perspective. You come more from the Windows side of the world. I come more from the Mac side <laughs> of the world, so it's really cool. Um, you know, uh, sometimes the two meet in the middle. Awesome. Okay, so you can find John on Twitter. Let's do that, at John Gutier. <laughs> uh, you can find myself also on Twitter, at ePro. Um, and everything from there, you know, our newsletters, our links are on all there. I'm changing my handle to J pro or something <laughs> like that. Something that people can spell and say, <laughs> I, I, I mean, there's a long story behind that handle, but yes, I, that's exactly why I changed it. <laughs> Just make it shorter. <laughs> all right. Uh, I don't see any requests, so no, no questions here. Uh, so perfect. We ended before the hour. Have a great weekend, everyone. And yeah, just a reminder. Um, this will be on SpaceCast, so I'll tweet out a link um, and subscribe on all your favorite. Oh, we got a request last minute from a Robert. Let's see what Chill Rob wants to contribute right at the end. <laughs> hey, Chill Rob. Can you hear us? Apparently not. He's unmuted, so. Wow. Well, it's time for somebody to knock on something and say, does this thing work? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't hear you, unfortunately, uh, Rob. But uh, but we hear you. But, but we hear you. We value your voice. <laughs> we just right. can't Did hear I get you. Oh, uh, there we go. You can hear me. There we go. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> did you say anything about Windows 11 today that I would like? Uh, I, I just joined. We 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 did. Uh, I am convinced that I'm savagely <laughs> I'm convinced it's being announced on June 24th. Um, what it is exactly is not 100 percent clear, but I believe that they are going to. If you and if you follow Windows, there's a refresh for Windows 10, like a redesign in in process. So I think that's the same thing essentially. Um, there's a bunch of store improvements that they're going to make, which actually was very much related to the conversation we had. Um, with Apple and, you know, Epic and that App Store tax war that's happening. So I think they're going to roll all that together, uh, brand it Windows 11, and announce it on the 24th, but probably not make it available right away. And I suspect they'll start pushing people from Windows 10 to Windows 11 slowly because, you know, of all the enterprises that they have to bring over. That's cool. I like it. Thank you very much. No problem. Okay. Uh, rock and roll that's it it's been a great day have a good weekend everyone and uh, thanks for joining